This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of the Crowncast. And we're doing a post-react because Charlotte FC went to the New England Revolution. And, well, I feel like you've seen it in the the rest of this season. Uh, if you didn't see the game, congratulations to you. And uh, I am here today with two people who did see the game, and that's Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Hello. And Jerson. Hello, Jerson. Good. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are, uh, for this one, in order to get everybody together, we are doing this just the morning after. We got up uh, early, before the sun, for you guys, so hopefully we'll get this out to you pretty quickly. We have sat down, and, and in the cold darkness of morning, because we don't really have the light of day yet, in the cold darkness of morning, we have... Uh, decided to adjust our pattern a little bit for this post-react. Instead of giving out our usual crowns and cards, we're going to be giving out some crowns, and then we're going to be talking discussion points. The reason for this is the season is coming to its close in, in so many ways. So for a lot of us now, it's not about individual errors. It's about looking towards the future and discussing how the team gets better. So we're going to highlight players who we think are good discussion points instead of just throwing about cards. Now that I've said all of that, since we've broken our rules, Ewan, do you want to start with our discussion players or do you want to uh, start with crowns? Um, I'm happy to go with crowns first on this one because, yeah, I think generally this performance is kind of positive. So happy to open with some crowns. Yeah, I think there's an unusual amount of players in here who, after I... I went away from it, said, I really liked some of the stuff they did. Uh, we'll go ahead and do crowns. And since you and you got to pick, Jerson, you can grab your first crown. Who do you think Who do you think deserves to be shouted out? Well, I think that the obvious player um, will always uh, be Carol Sudersky. Um, not only person that scored today, yesterday, but um, he played great. Um, and there was always, you know, there this has been this talk about whether that he was going to be playing alongside Copetti at the start of this game. Um, Latanzio made a decision, which uh, whether or not it benefited or not, hard to tell from my perspective, because obviously we didn't come out with a win. But he scored the goal. He shot several shots that were always that were on goal. Some hit the post, but it was definitely an energy that we needed up top. And he's, I think he is more than deserving to get a crown today. Yeah, he was really good. He, he was the one that I have highlighted and starred, and and I'll be really simplistic about the reason. Despite the fact that he was moving well and he had that hungry look in his eyes, he's taking shots first time. Somebody somebody sat with him, or he sat with somebody, and they either looked at him or he looked at them, whatever you want to pick. And someone said, Carol, hit everything first time. If you are within range of the goal and a ball comes to you, hit everything first time. And he did, and I really liked that. And you know what? They didn't all come off. Some one, one or two of them were a little wild, but none of them were stupid. He was hitting them first time from interesting, good places. He was getting power behind them. He was hitting them left and right-footed. His one that ricochets off the crossbar is his right foot. And uh, he literally kicked a New England Revolution player in the... Uh, while playing this particular match, which 
uh, if you watch the replay of that is fantastic. He's watching the ball come down. He's got this full, beautiful wind up with his left leg and no fault of Carroll's because this player comes up in his blind side. His, his back leg swing is so wide that it opens his body enough for a New England Revolution player to fit in between him and the ball coming down. And Carroll just full send swings his leg around directly into this player's butt. And uh, if nothing else, that made for some great comedy. But I loved his movement. I loved the fact that, you know, I ragged on him for like a year and a half that he wouldn't take the shot first time and he's doing it. And I want to see it. I love it. And good goal, Carol. You in thoughts on Carol? Yeah, obviously I'm a, a big Carol fan. I think he can bring a lot to a team. Um, but one of the things that we spoke about was the idea of him as a striker versus him playing a little bit deeper in that 10 role. Obviously in this game, he plays as a striker. And I think one of the main reasons why it works a little bit more in this game is because you see him coming over to the left side. You see him connecting with uh, with Merriam and Diagra and those guys, just that, that little bit of interplay. And one of the issues that we have usually is that if he's playing up front and we have the wingers set up in a certain way, he can do as much good interplay as he wants, but we're not getting much pressure on the uh, on the actual defensive line. One of the nice combinations here was that we were playing Swiderski up front, but with Gaines on the right side. And with Gaines, you get someone who is just looking to get in behind, who's looking to get at his fullback, looking to get to the byline in a way that if you play Swiderski up front with Ben Bender on the right side, you're just not getting it in that combination. You'll get some nice little bits of play, but you might not get at much actual threat on goal, which obviously is the uh, is the point of the sport. So with, uh, with with Mackenzie Gaines on that right side, and you actually see them co- uh, combine a few times where Mc- uh, Gaines is getting in behind, taking on his man and getting the ball in the middle to Svidersky. I think that's how the, uh, the opportunity where Svidersky hits the crossbar in the first half happens. So I think almost as a lesson going forward, if this is the team that we are going to play, with Swiderski playing up front and Capetti as a bet as a bench option, it has to be with Mackenzie Gaines on the right side or Kerwin Vargas, because you can't play him up front with Ben Bender on the right and Merriam on the left who want to be playing inside. Has to be with at least one winger who's looking to take on his man and provide a byline threat. And uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Latanzio for identifying that and uh, and going with that as as that pair. I think it worked really well, uh, especially in that first half. So uh, I think you have led into what will probably be another crown. Uh, (laughs) And since you've led into that, I'm going to go ahead and take it. I'm going to crown Mackenzie Gaines. Uh, This is a guy who we all kind of thought was out the door. This is a guy who we said, hey, he had last chance saloon. He he fell out. He's he's no longer in favor at the club. He's probably looking for a move this summer. One game does not make a comeback. And I think that's really important because people can light it up for one game. You have to see players be capable of doing it consistently, both in training and on the pitch, in order for them to be reliable. One game does not make a a death sentence, right? Uh, Breck Diagata had a a terrible game, uh, you know, two kind of bad games where he was played out of his natural positions and didn't look nearly as good. One game is not a comeback, but when you get that one game, you have to take it and you have to show what you're made out of. And I think that you know like you talked about that dynamic where he was holding the width where he was able to go to the byline i would like to see him maybe be able to provide a little bit more inside threat but i i would prefer him do what he's doing than only be an inside threat and i think we've just missed how fast he is the other team has to respect him it doesn't matter who you're playing they have to respect the fact that you can just hit a ball over the top 
And nine times out of 10, the guy who's going to win that race is Mackenzie Gaines. And that's, that terrifies teams. I think he deserves a crown for his play today. And uh, I think hopefully this will be a boost uh, for him and maybe for Charlotte FC. Any Anything you want to get in on uh, Gaines, Jerson? I think that our offense was becoming a little bit stale. Right? Um, one of my biggest critiques that I've had is that there's a lack of creativity um, once that ball comes to the second half of the field. And with him being put into this team um, and, you know, making the best out of his opportunities, once again, it's always the same thing of like, there's so, there's a refreshness. Um, and his speed is undoubtable. We, we cannot knock on his speed. Obviously, we've had critiques about the way that he plays before, certain things that we see that we don't like. But in this team, that as we're coming towards the very end of the season and maybe some hopes are down, um, things are not looking good, or, or whatever way you want to look at it, it's definitely a good reminder that he's still here. Um, obviously, any player wants to play. Um, so setting that standard and making sure, making himself known, um, let, letting his fans know that, that he's still here um, and just keep pushing. You know, it's, it's outstanding to see. Um, so it's really exciting. Um, I think that definitely is a crown worthy player for this game. Um, and I just hope to see it continue. Um, obviously, we, we don't have too many games left, but would love to see that type of player finish out strong. So let's go ahead and you and I know you kind of already got a word in about Mackenzie Gaines. So uh, let's go ahead and go to your crown. Who are you thinking? Yeah, uh, my crown. I'm going to go with um, Breck Diagra for this one. We've spoken before about Brecht and said that, you know, he's played on the left, played on the right recently. His actual position is in that midfield uh, playing as an eight. And we've got the opportunity to watch him play that role really for the first time in a Charlotte FC shirt. And you've got all the things that were being advertised. Uh, one of the particular things that I think is important that, you know, we'll get onto uh, his midfield partner, Bronico, and maybe talk a little bit about how he maybe lacks a bit in this area, but it's the tight feet when we have pressure in the final third. I think sustaining pressure in the final third is a generally underrated thing in football and also something that hasn't been done very well this season uh, by Charlotte. But he's really good at, at being able to get towards the defensive line with pressure, get beyond that sort of last line of, of midfield in tight areas and keep the ball. And one of the areas, one of the reasons why I think that might be a little bit underrated is because it doesn't always result in a shot on goal. Doesn't even it doesn't always result in a through ball into an attacker, but it's sustained pressure in areas where a lot of our other midfielders would lose the ball, and off the back of that, they're on the counter, the opposition, and we know how bad we are at transition <laughs> defensively. So sustaining that pressure with the numbers we commit to the attack is invaluable. It's about dragging the defence out. It's about getting them to be narrow and then switching to the other side so that there's space for our wingers to get at the fullbacks. And Diagra brings that in a major, major way. And I think especially in the first 30 minutes of this game, you can see how valuable that is. It's probably worth re-watching all the times where we have the ball in the final third with Diagra and just maybe make a mental note of saying, this. another one of our midfielders would have lost the ball here would have lost the ball here, yep. would have played a bad pass here. And like I mentioned, doesn't always have to result in a shot in a shot on goal, doesn't always have to result in a through ball to a winger. 
but sustaining pressure is so important and it puts the defense it puts the other team's defense under a lot of stress and i think that's what you're going to get with diagra playing his best position the real real attention to detail of him being really good at those little things and especially in the first 30 minutes of this game i thought he was awesome at that and i like you mentioned with Gaines, maybe getting a bit of run here on the wing hopefully that coincides with diagra keeping his spot in midfield because i think he's going to bring a lot in terms of getting those little things right for the team yeah i'm really excited about breck diagra i mean anyone who's listened to the crown cast will know i'm really excited about breck diagra he's one of those players i'm gonna be harsher on because i now expect more of him and at the same time i'm just so excited to watch that guy play if you ask me what my number one thing i'm excited about the rest of the season is it's going to be watching breck diagra play uh i think for most of us probably the mentality that the playoffs are they're technically, statistically still there, but, you know, statistically, you might accidentally jump to the moon and it, it hasn't been disproven yet. There's a point zero 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 one chance, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Brecht is just fun. <laughs> like, it, it's really dumb to say, I can sit here and I can break down the way he moves past those defenders in the midfield, the way he turns two guys and somehow doesn't lose the ball. He's got that... Uh, that Derek Jones in a phone box, like it's just hard to get the ball off of him in the middle of the pitch thing. But I'm going to forego all that. And I'm just going to say, I, I like watching Brett Diagata. He's fun to watch play football. And that's enough for me, especially right now where the games kind of don't matter. Uh, it's I just like watching people I enjoy uh, who make the football fun and Brett makes it fun. Jerson, thoughts on uh, Mr. Diagata? Yeah, um... He's definitely a special player, and you could definitely see the difference whenever he's played in a position that he's most comfortable in. Um, I think that's when he was more of a facilitator, more of a distributor. Um, and for how many little games we have left, or if we just want to start looking towards next season, but that's obviously a different conversation already. Um, I think it's a positive, and I think that the only thing we can hope for as analysts as fans is to just see how it all clicks together um so the hope is there the hope is there and once again very exciting player we've talked about it obviously he's had a couple bad games where he has earned um a card but yesterday was not it you know he was definitely outstanding in the field um we just need to see it all be all the puzzle pieces come together and I think that we're heading towards the right direction. Um, but then again, what is the right direction sometime with this team? So, yeah, <laughs> the right, the right direction is put the ball in the back of the opponent's net, which we are <laughs> struggling to do. So, uh, let's move ahead to some discussion points. And, uh, I'm specifically going to say discussion points because in the time in which we've done the cards, I want to change my discussion point from a discussion player to a discussion point. I want to call out the space uh, in the defensive midfield on the side of Ashley Westwood as a discussion point. It is not uncommon, or it was certainly more common at times, uh, for teams to play two sixes. And the, one of the reasons you play two sixes is it allows in that base of your midfield for your structure to stagger in the midfield where one person presses the ball and another person is still in the middle waiting for that 
that next move. It allows that staggering, but it also allows balls to come out from the back in a much easier way because you have more targets to release pressure. What we have been doing is we have had Brant Bronico running all the way up to the corner, excuse me, running all the way up to the corner and then running all the way back and becoming that extra out ball by getting all the way back to the back of the field as quickly as possible. And one of the reasons I feel like we've had trouble playing out of a press is not just that we have some players who aren't very press resistant and not just that Christian Kalina is politely spoken, not someone who can pass the ball. It's that I don't see that extra option and I don't see movement through that area, right? Movement creates passes. If you watch any time a team gets broken open by a really good pass, the pass never goes to someone who's standing still. The pass always goes to an area where a runner is meeting the ball because it drags defenders out of position. It makes, it forces people to look at a different picture and a good pass can change the picture. And I don't see Ashley Westwood's game necessarily being someone who can move his way out of three defenders in that middle of the pitch alone. And I'm not even saying that as a knock against Ashley Westwood. He's almost always covered man-to-man at least by one, and sometimes by two, because people know he's our build-up and ball-out. He's almost always covered by at least one and usually two people. And I don't expect him 100 times out of 100 to be able to beat that pressure. I think he needs help. And so we have seen this, you know, is Uronin, who played really high today, is Uronin pushing up and is he becoming that out ball, but then we lose the width? Is uh, Andrew Privet moving up and then he becomes that out ball, but then we're stuck with one in the back line? Is Nathan Byrne currently uh, playing in the fourth tier of the stands or is he currently playing keeper? No one knows. That guy is so wide ranging. I don't see a real structured way. When the ball goes back to Christian Kalina, I don't see a really structured way where we're making creative, interesting ways to get out. It feels like, and part of this is on Kalina and and Melanda and uh, Privet, it feels like once the ball gets back there, there's no route through the middle. And I'm going to, you know, so that's why it's a discussion point is I don't know where that route should come from yet, but I'm going to be looking for it. Ewan... How far down the rabbit hole did I go, and am I just crazy? No, I think it's. I think our build-up is an interesting thing to discuss from two perspectives. One, you mentioned the actual build-up, us being on the ball, building up, and how narrow we are, and, and bringing that first phase together. A lot of teams are doing it in the sport in general, across the world, but are doing it with purpose. And, and right now I'm I'm trying to figure out what the purpose of it is for Charlotte or whether we're just doing it for the sake of doing it because it's in vogue. I Our build-up is basically, from how I have, from, from what I can make of it, is bringing a lot, quite a decent amount of players into the first phase, a lot of knocking the ball around side to side, trying to invite pressure, then we go over the top once we get that pressure, trying to create an even numbers four on four or five on four attack. Or we try and get a restart of the ball being headed towards one of our players in the middle of the field or headed out for a throw in and now we have territory. 
we're not really looking to build through players and, and build up through passes. We're just trying to create pressure, then get a numbers advantage for a ball over the top. So that's how I see that. The problem with that is that because we go so narrow in the first phase, is that when we go when we go long and the ball, as it will inevitably happen sometimes, the, the ball is turned over and the opposition get it. Because we've inverted and brought pe- so many people into that area, the opposition are now really narrow when they counter, which you don't want. You don't want the, the opposition to be narrow on the counter because they have players in the middle of the field getting them nearer to the goal. So we don't build up through the middle, but we make sure that the opposition are narrow when they counter, which is exactly what you don't want to happen. And this is, goes back to one of those things that we always say, which is like, I wish we could speak to a coach and try and get what the idea is behind this. But I just, when I watch us build up and I watch the shape of how we build up, I see a lot of rules of football that you hear from coaches often being broken. The things that you want to do, the opposite of that being done. And just as a simple solution to that, I don't understand why we don't just go more basic with our fullbacks and go more basic with our centre-backs and just play wider in first-phase stuff. Because at least, at the very least, regardless of how we build up, at the very least, that means that if the opposition get the ball, then we are better positioned for their attack. At the very least, that would be a positive of that. And the counter would be, well, you're getting players out of position, your build-up's suffering. The build-up's not suffering because the build-up doesn't exist. So I just don't understand why we do it in this way. So, I, yeah, right, you, I just, I'm looking for some answers on that. <laughs> you're you're a killer, man. I I I love it. <laughs> you you were just you were just like because the width doesn't exist, and on video, both me and Jerson were like, "Yep." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that we're we're taking this topic maybe a little bit too far into Wednesday stuff, and I want to save some stuff for Wednesday. So yeah. let's jump ahead, Jerson. Uh, how uh, who's your discussion player? I think that the conversation is going. It's kind of derived from just one player to just the general area of the field, which for me has been between that goalie to defense um, position. Just because I feel like one, um, we've already spoken a lot about Kalina. Of course, he's a great goalie. He's great on one on ones. Um, even like the the one that was called offside yesterday, he actually stopped it. Obviously, it wouldn't have counted regardless, but even like that, like that's impressive. But one of the things that we've noted about him is that he is not good with the ball on his feet. Um, and I personally feel like he finds a lot of pressure in those moments, especially because of that back line, how they allow um, the opposite team's offense to get so close that it applies less open space for Kalina to actually get a good pass out. Um I think that that's very it has become a consistent issue, right? Um, if if we're able to notice um, these flaws on a repeated basis, then maybe we should fix that. Um, but I feel like there's a lack of chemistry um, on that back line um, because I feel like individually, when you look at each single player, every single player has some something to bring. Um, uh, Burn, uh, he's a talented player, but like you have said, Logan, you know, he kind of has like um, every single job in this team. He's played almost every single position out there for all of us. You know, he goes here, he goes there. Um, he, they use him as a replace. He, he's a, an, an amazing substitute teacher. Um, 
But then we have Milana, who has been great for us. But I don't know. It's just like chemistry-wise, something is not working in our back line. And for us to... I'm pretty sure we are the team in the league that has gotten scored on the most. Uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, we'll have to fact check that. But I want to say that is accurate. Uh, which is not a good... Um, not a good shout-out to have. We're close. As of right now, Toronto has one more goal against. Okay. But, I mean, like, it's us and Toronto, us at 50, them at 51. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to really tell what's going on back there. Um, it gets frustrating um, letting easy things go. And during the game, I, I said in, in within the chat that what is what is the need of our team to always find a way to allow somebody to be open, which was what happened with the first goal. Um, you can blame that on Byrne. You can blame that on Gaines, who was right there. But it's like, what what can you say? Okay, so for time, because we are going to be pushing this one long, uh, Ewan, let's hop over to your discussion player. Is there any specific player you want to talk about? Yeah, the... The player that I thought would be interesting to point out would be Andrew uh, Andrew Privet in this game, and just to kind of, you know, let people in and on, on how the sausage is made a little bit. We came into this planning, and I I thought about giving him a crown, and and Logan says, you know, I, I actually didn't think he he played very well at all. So <laughs> it, so from that we kind of you know discuss it and, and and bear it out a little bit and get to a place where he I think of any player in this game is the most interesting want to discuss because what we got to was the idea of his role versus his performance and in this game in in the way that we seem to do so well with our defenders we put a lot on his plate we asked a lot of him which was that when new england are in their first and second phase build up and trying to move it into the uh you know into the deeper part of our of our defense Andrew Privet's responsibility is going to be to step up and be on Carlos Hill, which is a tough matchup for any player, even tougher for someone like Andrew Privet, even tougher for someone like Andrew Privet, who is actually playing as a centre back in the uh, in the hybrid role that we uh, that we seem to give to our defenders sometimes. And I think that Andrew Privet, all things considered, having a good amount of knowledge on this player now from be- him being in the team for you know it, it seems like quite a while. I think he did a good job performing that role on Carlos Hill. Now, the disconnect comes from the fact that this role is not something that we should be asking him to do. It goes back to Christian Latanzio's out-of-possession stuff, just being like uber, uber aggressive, which aggressive is, is a word that you'll associate with a lot of good stuff. Like you want your team to be aggressive, but there is always going to be a case of threading that line of when are we going from the sublime to the ridiculous? And that's kind of where we're at with this. And it's where we've been throughout the season in different ways, whether it be Adilson Malanda moving on to opposition fullbacks in build-up moments, whether it be what we've seen from Andrew Privet in this game, moving up onto one of the league's best playmakers to try and negate what he can do. I, I understand that Andrew Privet has played as a midfield player before, uh, but playing as a, as a centre-back... And moving up into that area, what happens is one, it's gonna it's gonna move your defensive back four around. It's gonna create disorganization for them. They're gonna be like, is this your man? Is this my man? This man's coming through. We don't have our structure. 
And the other thing that was happening was that he it often just ended up when New England figured out what was happening and they put an, they they put an extra man onto our defensive line. It ended up with Carlos Hill just being on his own in the middle of the field quite often when possession was settled for New England. And that's the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> so I just I, I wonder with that role if they're going to find another solution for that for the next four games when we play against a team with, with a dominant playmaker. And that almost fits in nicely with everything, almost everything that we've already said, which is the space from the goalkeeper to the, to the defence the areas of, of openness that we have in our midfield. Are we going to see a big change in this for the next few few games? It probably should happen, but we have not a lot of games left and we've committed to this style all throughout the season. And to go really big picture, it might be the first line of the obituary of Latanzio's time as the head coach, because that's obviously under fire, that we just saw a lot of aggressive out-of-possession ideas that never really became productive on the field i i really like where you've gone with that uh specifically i like the the because you know it, we ended up a lot of us all three of us in this discussion ended up talking about that space that we feel is vacant and i have never seen a team successfully push two of their four defenders forward never seen it <clears throat> i have i have seen people call teams crazy for trying to successfully push one of their four defenders forward usually the wide player I don't, you know, Andrew Privet and Yuri Udinen both have jobs where they push really high up the field, and I don't love it. You know, my, we talked about this as a discussion point. I think maybe we redo this on Wednesday so we have more time to give it its due. But I think that as a center back, you have a couple of very clear, these should be your first job jobs. And it feels like in this role he's been given, he is either abandoning those jobs or Christian Latanzio is telling him to abandon those jobs. And both are bad outcomes, right? One means he's, he doesn't understand his position and the other means the coach doesn't understand his position. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I can't swear to you which one it is, but I can tell you that I, I think Adilson Milanda is an incredible defender. He's an incredible big space player. And I think if we did not have a deal some Milan in this team, it could be way, way, way worse. Because I think we are heavily relying on someone's superpower as a last-ditch problem solver. And I don't love that. I don't love that. Uh, no matter how good he is, that can't be the only thing between the other team and the goal. Uh, really quick on this one, Jerson, any thoughts? No, I think that... Ewan as as a superhuman that he is and talks about all the all the details. Can't I can't he's, add anything to that. He's he's good, isn't he? He's good. We keep him around for a reason. I, I have the advantage of it being I have the advantage of it being lunchtime here. I'll I'll say that I've uh, I've had the opportunity to have my breakfast, have my lunch, and uh, that that's probably the benefit of anything. But uh, you guys are far 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 too kind. But I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Jerson, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick with you, and will you give me – you have two sentences. Final thoughts on this game. Wrap it up for me. Um, we're getting close to, this, to the end, and how do we move forward? All right, you and your final, final thoughts. Two sentences. Uh, please put some players in the space of our midfield. <laughs>
my final not thoughts... Andrew Privet. <laughs> no, that's my second Andrew sentence. Privet. Yeah, that was the second yeah. sentence. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe I need to change it to one sentence. Uh, no, I, I feel like sometimes you need like a little, a little statement to adjust. Uh, my my final thoughts for this game are going to be. Do I want to be? Do I want to be funny or do I want to be serious? I'm going to be funny. Screw it. My final thoughts for this game are going to be that was probably playoffs, people. And uh, <laughs> when does next season start? On, on, <laughs> on that somewhat depressing note, uh, as always, if you have decided to spend your time with us, we love you. We really mean it. We know this is the dark side of the season, and for a lot of people, they just can't be bothered to 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 get up and and interact with football at the moment but we appreciate you we love you and if you want to find us online you can find us on instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast on twitter at the underscore crown cast and that's it baby uh thank you ewan thank you thank you jerson you and we will talk to you again on wednesday when we break all this down goodbye queen city podcast network.com 